Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 21. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this kind of teaching always seems to meet some resistance, or there might be some subtle effort, if not just in our minds, to quietly take the edge off of some of this. Because there is a natural carnal impulse when you are wrong to retaliate. We want justice. Our enemy hurts us. We feel some temptation to get back at them. Or we just want to mark them off forever, ignore them, never reach out to them, never express any kindness, never try to save them or forgive them. See, that's the way of the world. That's the natural way. God, through Paul, instructs us in the better way, the spiritual way, the best way to respond to our enemies. Without any promise that this is easy, but with assurance that this is right and pleasing to God. And so the message here is very concise. You don't have to unravel something that's complicated. It's very precise. Do not curse. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge. If you do, you'll be overcome by evil yourself. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. The word bless here in verse 14 does not mean you overlook the wrong that you take no action, that you approve of the conduct of your enemy or anything like that. It means you seek what is best for your enemy and you do that on the most mature and unselfish level. If anyone tells a lie about me, my first thought might be anger and getting them told and telling everybody else how bad I've been treated. That really doesn't, doesn't help me much. It doesn't help my enemy. It doesn't glorify God. If I tell a lie about you, you will be upset. I understand. But one of your first thoughts ought to be my spiritual welfare and how you can approach me and, and <coughs> restore me to integrity. By taking that approach of concern, you will be blessing me. It is all right, even necessary, to respond to the lie. 
to set the record straight and demand that those who've been deceived be reinformed with the truth. All those actions are legitimate. And it is understood, I believe, that you will be upset. But Paul says, bless the liar. Help the liar repent and start telling the truth. To just curse the offender and do nothing to restore the offender is not in keeping with this good instruction. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. The inner voice of personal anger must be turned down so that you can hear the voice of God telling you how to help your enemy. Got it? Let me go ahead and quote John Dott. The Christian ethic is never purely negative. Each of Paul's negative imperatives is accompanied by a positive counterpart. Thus we are not to curse but to bless. We are not to retaliate but to do what is right and live at peace. We are not to take revenge but to leave this to God and meanwhile to serve our enemies, try to restore them. And we are not to be overcome by evil but to overcome evil, good approaches. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. That's a call for sympathy and care, seeking to identify with the joys and the sorrows of others. kind of love we studied back in verse 9 never stands aloof from other people's joys or pains. To be isolated, to not care one way or the other, to be separated from people almost like a Pharisee is to mark, uh, I'm sorry, is to miss the mark insofar as love is concerned. Love, such as God displays and describes, enters into the experience of people, their emotions, their laughter, their tears, to feel solidarity with them. How do you feel if you've been crushed by some adversity, some loss, some unexpected blow? That's well known, and nobody responds. Nobody seems to care. People around you continue to laugh and act like your hardship is just not another problem, almost as if to say, leave me alone. Don't bother me with your troubles. This says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. This is a call for sympathy that is a feature and function of love. Love should put us in a position to convey to people our genuine concern and to show our solidarity with them in both their joys and sorrows. You've heard me say many times, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Verse 16, I'm going to read first from the English Standard version. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. In the New King James, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Few kinds of pride are worse than snobbery. 
Snobs are obsessed with questions of status, thinking they are in the upper status. Whether that is true or not, snob looks down on inferiors, and you can see it, hear it, smell it. God is not pleased with it. Jesus associated freely and openly with people who were considered to be social rejects. Jesus didn't obey the cultural boundaries of class and status and popularity. He was never condescending. Paul warns us, do not be wise in your own opinion. 17 down to 20. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Not be overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. The familiar childish thought, he hit me, I'll hit him back. And that's immature. It accomplishes nothing but a very temporary selfish satisfaction, and it often generates even more trouble than the initial impact. God is not impressed or pleased by our vengeance. Really, our relationship with our enemies, if we are mature and disciplined, ought to be one of service, not retaliation. The love of verse 9 and the kindness of verse 10 and the, the sympathy of verse 15 cannot just be dismissed or suspended because someone did you wrong. The love, the kindness, and the sympathy, the concern for souls in mature Christians is never dismissed. I must not react to offense with revenge. It's prohibited by God, and revenge has no good history to validate it. It doesn't really help anybody. If you've decided that punishment has been earned by your offender, even then you don't get to administer it. You can't take the law into your own hands. God's call, God's responsibility comes into view. Your responsibility, my responsibility, is to pursue peace with all men, do all I can to save people from their sin, even when their sin is against me, protect myself, but God says to us about the impenitent offenders, I'll take care of that. You're not in charge of punishment. Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. I don't believe this means you need to get on the phone this afternoon and call your enemies and have them over for dinner. But should you find out this next week that someone needs food that you can provide, are you going to let that person go hungry because of some past conflict? Will your attitude be, I know that Warren has no food, but he offended me four years ago, so even though I have food, I'm not feeding him. That's a wrong attitude. In fact, even though I offended you a few years ago. If you feed me now, you may help me. 
It may burn a fire under me to do what's right. It may become an act of love on your part that becomes an act of repentance on my part. So let God take care of wrath and punishment that may be due. Do not become what you oppose. Let love be without hypocrisy and bless those who persecute. This is the better way. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil. Good. Thank you for listening.